My name is Jake McLean, and you're listening to the Life, Leadership, and Laughs podcast. Hello there, friends. I am joined by the Reverend Dr. Terry Ott. That's right. Welcome to the show. Thanks. It's so great to be here. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I know. It's been been great. As soon as I heard you had a podcast about life and leadership and laughs, I said, well, I need to be on that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, (laughs) Because like our whole relationship, Jake McLean, has been sort of about life, leadership, and laughs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, And I'm sure we'll talk all about that uh, as as the show goes on. But so for the people who uh, don't know you, yeah, uh, tell them a little bit about yourself. Okay. So I am the chaplain at Monmouth College, um, and I've been here for about eight years in this position. Before this, I was um, in um, pastoral ministry, um, different pastoral positions in churches for about 13 years. So three different churches, three different gigs, associate pastor, associate pastor, and then pastor of my own church in North Carolina. And then uh, now I'm here. And it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And I think you may have been like, one, you were like one of the the first students. You certainly, um, you you went on my first alternative spring break trip that I planned mm-hmm. and led. Mm-hmm. And uh, sort of one of the first like, like relationships I formed with a student here. It's just been like, and can, can I reminisce a little, Jake? Yeah, please. Okay, so um, Jake McLean transferred in, right, as a mm-hmm. sophomore? Were you a sophomore? I, or do you have fre- were I you think I had sophomore status? credits, you, but, uh, but... You were like still part of the... But... So you were part of this tradition in the um, ILA Introduction to Liberal Arts class where your class got invited to the president's house mm-hmm. for dinner, which um, was a really awkward affair. <laughs> And it was so, and all it the was. all the first year students had to dress up, and staff people like myself were invited to come and mingle with students and eat at different like round tables with students, and uh-huh. we're supposed to go through the line and then join a table of students. And I joined your table and sat next to you. I, do you remember this? I do. I don't remember who else was at our table. Well, because it all, was all inconsequential. Was... Yeah. <laughs> Because they wouldn't talk to me. Do you remember? I do. Like, they were so, um, like, just uh, flummoxed that uh, the chaplain of the college just sat at their table that literally all these young people just sat there and giggled. Mm -hmm. I would ask them questions, and they would just, like, burst into giggles and not be able to talk to me like human beings. Uh And except for you, you were sitting next to me and I was like, what's their deal? And you were like, I don't know. And we just had a conversation. I was like, yeah, you know, do we have to just giggle through this meal or can we, (laughs) can we (laughs) be adults? Can we grow up? We're in college now. Like, let's have a conversation. Anyways. So that's where I remember we first met there. Yeah. Um, I remember going back to my freshman brain. I think that I, uh, (laughs) I was like, and my parents would tell you this, like, I was the kind of kid, even like at a really, as soon as I could walk and talk, 
uh, I was like, hello, my name is Jake McLean. Mm-hmm. How are you? Mm-hmm. And like ever like the, I think my grandma has like a home video <laughs> of me like walking around a mall just like, hello, how are you? Because uh, I was an adorable child. But I carried that same extroverted like kind of mess, just like I could talk yeah. to anybody yeah. anywhere kind of thing. Yeah. But going to the president's house, everybody's like, oh, no, it's the president's house. Yes, like, I know. Uh, and everybody made it sound like such a big deal. Like, yeah. uh, and I mean, obviously it is because, you know, it's the president's house. You know, it's like, it's kind of neat. Yeah. Uh, but then you sat down and I was like, oh, my God, thank God I can talk to somebody here. <laughs> because the people I was sitting across the table from, I was like, you know, hey, guys, you know, where are you from? Yeah. yeah this, this. This, the, the immaturity was on high at that table. And, mm-hmm. um. I, I don't know. They just thought I was just hilarious. I just, you know, I, my, I don't know. Some people get that reaction, though, about around us churchy religious folks, especially, mm. I think, especially me, too, as a woman. They don't know what to do with me, and they don't think they should say anything or, or certainly not swear or do any, have any references to alcohol which as you know is totally okay with me yeah yeah, yeah. i uh although <laughs> since uh, you you've used some bad words around me yeah and mm-hmm. i feel like i immediately have to now give that context mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> as terry does a spit take into the microphone yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the uh so reminiscing further right uh yeah. the um, my freshman year, I feel like was like the year of yes. Oh. Uh, and so like 2011 was just oh, like, yeah. the, cause I was, uh, at community college, which community college works for a lot of people. It did not work for me. Yeah. Uh, my experience was, uh, like negative just because of like where my mindset was at that time. Uh, and so when I got to Monmouth, I was like, nope, new year, new me. Like, yeah. uh, let's get started. Yeah. And so like I had volunteered to be the ASMC, like student, uh, our student yeah. Senate rep. Yeah. And like, it was like one of the first few meetings and then you showed up I to did. start I was talking recruiting. about, yeah, to start talking about the alternative spring break trip. And I was yeah. like, Ooh, alternative spring break. That sounds like so college. Like that sounds like something a and, college and, student uh, should do. We should say what I was recruiting for because mm-hmm. it was kind of amazing that you said yes. I said, Hey, who wants to go live in poverty with me for a week? <laughs> Yeah, yep, and that you're was the like, pitch. you're like, <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> and yeah. so, thus, thus, we bonded through that experience, which was actually quite horrible. We won't say much more about it, except that it was really horrific. Mm-hmm. My first, I, I should say, that first trip that I planned was, um, other than the relationships that came out of living through it. Mm-hmm. Um, was not I not something I would do again, you know? Yeah. Failure is a big leadership lesson. Mm-hmm. Learn from your mistakes. See, but I don't... Uh, I think one of the lessons that sticks with me through that trip... Yeah. Like, when we were uh, walking out in defiance uh, from, like... we Because we uh, left we, early. Yeah, we had uh, to leave early. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, when we were walking out in defiance, like, we weren't making eye contact with anybody... Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, one of the like angrier of the, uh, site leaders Mm -hmm. said, you're never going to be transformative leaders. Uh, it wasn't quite in that voice, but dramatic effect. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I remember thinking about that like all the time. Yeah. And it's like, uh. Yeah. To hell with you. Like, no, yeah. uh, I am going to. Yeah. Uh, and so I think about that. And reflecting back on it now, it was a uh, terrible experience. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but so is living in poverty. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so I think mission accomplished. Right. Uh, it was uh, like yeah. tr- uh, in areas of the trip traumatizing mm-hmm. uh, in the experiences that we had. And really just with the site leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, but the community people we got to I interact know, with. Awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah. Just yeah. like that was the life changing uh, stuff for me, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad. You know, and I, I, as I sit and reflect now, now I'm in a reflective mood. Um, the, I, I think there's, sometimes I learn more from those moments of failure or pain. Um, cause I had a, I had an, I've had a number of positions, um, as a pastor or student intern that just didn't work out. And I learned, I learned a lot about myself, who I want to be and who I don't want to be. Yeah. You know, from because I think you need to have models of um of of people you want to emulate in your life as leaders. And I've certainly had those, but I've also had models of people who I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. And 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 they're almost equally as important. Yeah. That I say I you you just are aware of um, who you don't want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I think, uh, I think those, that's just an important part of, um, becoming your own authentic leader too. You have to do you mm-hmm. right in mm-hmm. leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that you, um, yeah, you, uh, hit the nail on the head hmm. because, uh, one of the things that came out of that trip for me felt like it was, uh, what college students would describe as hell week, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. and it was like, uh, but really, I mean, it was only like the conversations that we had, like as debriefs, yeah. uh, not with like our group, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as the whole thing, every other piece of the experience was, uh, so fun. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and I think, uh, now, t- now me taking students on alternative yeah. break trips, yeah. uh, it's this. It's like the seminal event because, like, you almost die with them uh, a little bit, uh, and like, there's like just weird situations that you find yourself in. That's yeah. like, you know, I remember. So when I took a group to Washington D.C., uh, we were roaming the streets, and we were in not the best neighborhood, uh, but then we saw a group of like people, what looked to be them protesting, um, but it was like ten o'clock at night in like. A neighborhood, and it was like mm, that doesn't feel right. But they had a bullhorn, and they were shouting things huh. in a very angry tone. And I was like, <laughs> "Okay, group, we're gonna turn around now, <laughs> I know. and uh, let's go back." Yeah. Uh, and so then it was um, like anytime we would drive together as a group. Uh, I don't know why I signed up to be a driver for the trip uh, in DC. In DC, yeah. Because I can barely drive in Monmouth, <laughs> uh, and so. Uh, uh, they might have heard uh, words that, uh, you know, you shouldn't say in front of students. <laughs> right. Uh, but, yeah, so, you know, the spring break trip we took to Grafton, uh-huh. uh, you know, like, there was a ruse that the group put on, like, uh, that wasn't supposed to be traumatizing, but it ended up making a weird turn. Oh. And we all thought we were going to, like... Uh, see a fight uh and uh we were like all like in a panic and so we like ran for the hills and everybody was like oh no it's just a skit it's just a joke yeah uh and we're like okay oh no (laughs) and all the students like uh looked at me like where the hell have you brought us yeah Uh, yeah but no like our trip you know i mentioned that 2011 was like the year of yes Mm -hmm. uh, for me but it was also like the uh year of like 
figuring out what I was supposed to be like doing doing with your life right yeah, because like it started uh when my mom told me i needed to get the hell out of the quad cities yeah. uh because of my community college experience yeah. uh it started when i got recruited for the alternative spring break trip and then in 2012 uh, i still had no idea i wasn't doing well in classes um like i didn't have my academic stuff together uh and uh like i was unhappy in my major whatever mm-hmm. and it was actually our uh Five-hour chat. Yeah, our five-hour bus chat. <laughs> chat. Uh, yeah, and it on was the way like, home. Yeah, it was you and uh, a few others. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the others came a little yeah. later that gave me permission to explore the things that, you know, right. I felt more confident in studying or uh, We're just happy. Like I just remember yeah. you were... Weren't you a computer science major? Yeah. And it was and a I dark was like, time. And, well, and, I, <laughs> and I, I just asked you, like, oh, well do you enjoy that? Do you enjoy it? And he's like, you're like, no, not at all. (laughs) And I said, well, why are you doing that then? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't think you had an answer for me in the moment, but yeah. Yeah. It was just, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it's a weird thing uh, because it's like, well now how do we transition away from this? But I I don't know. It was uh, one of the like, if I look back on like my undergrad experience, yeah, uh, it's like uh, those are the times that get identified as like turning points. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so you know, and I, th- I do think there are people that go into fields or um, or choose a major and they're not happy um, and they don't enjoy it, but maybe they think it'll get them a good job and they'll make some money. But um, but I. I that makes me sad, mm-hmm. um, you know. And I know I understand that I speak from a point of privilege that I, you know, financially I could pursue what I felt called to pursue and what um, I felt would bring meaning in my life. But um, but I wa- I really want that for everyone. I think everybody should have the chance to do something they love to do. Absolutely. And even if it's not you know, what you do to make money, do something that brings you joy and makes a difference in the world outside of your profession. If, if it's not your profession. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, talking about finding joy mm-hmm. in work, outside of work, uh, let's circle back to you. Cause we've talked a lot about me. <laughs> uh, talk to me about the, the joy you have found in and out of work Mm. more recently more recently um um i'm in a good place with my work in terms of um i just uh i adore serving as a chaplain of a college community because um i've always loved learning and that's what everybody's here to do right is to learn and um and I, um, I've also really like being a pastor of a church, um, uh, to be quite frank, was like me and a bunch of white people, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, King's line at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning is the most segregated hour. And it's so true. And to, um, to be here in this context, I really appreciate the diversity of our student body. And I have come 
to learn so much from our students, our students of color, our LGBTQ students, um, and I'm still learning. And I'm on this path of, I'm on, I'm on a journey where I'm just excited about what I've learned so far and I'm eager to learn more. Um, because I think, I think we're in a uh, time in our, our nation's history too, where we're, um, I think white people are waking up to the, um, uh, systemic racism among us and, um, and our institutions are starting to wake up to the, um, the white supremacy that we've been founded on. And I'm just really, so I'm, I'm in a place, um, uh, racial humility is like my tagline right now that I'm, I'm trying to very humbly journey towards a place of greater understanding so I can do greater good. That's really important to me to uh, make a difference. I mean, that's my faith talking is that I have to, you know, that guy, Jesus, he just kind of keeps prodding me to like <laughs> make the world a better place. Right. And, and, uh, um, and, 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 uh, uh, I'll start my Joel Olstein rant in a second, but like, um, basically if your faith is not leading you to the poor, if your Christian faith doesn't lead you to pay attention to the poor and the marginalized, um, then, um, you're not, you're really following Jesus. So, um, so I'm just, I'm really, um, attuned to that right now. That's where I am right now. And I'm, so thankful for the opportunities I have here to, um, yeah, to not only serve a diverse student body, but help an institution think about how they can serve underrepresented students better. Mm -hmm. So when you think of the work that you're doing with that right now, mm -hmm. how do you bring uh, those willing mm -hmm. uh, to come with you on mm -hmm. the journey? How do you get them to stay engaged, things like that. And how do you engage the people who would rather stay asleep when it mm -hmm. comes to this? I think those, um, I, you know, I think inv invitations um, to join in, in um, I, I think, uh, I, I believe education is liberation. So education can set us free from prejudice and bad behavior and all this stuff. And so if I can invite those who are willing to join me, like, and we walk alongside together in um, a book study or a conversation with someone that we may not have, a dialogue that we may not have come to understand. Um, and if I agree to do it with them, that's one of the things I... I, I don't ever take myself out of the equation. That's the, I think the best leaders are humble leaders that you always are willing to walk alongside and, um, and journey with and, and, um, be honest about the learning you still have to do as a leader. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that's sort of a positive invitational approach that I really embrace. Um, those that aren't willing, um, I don't, I think, but you know, the, the fact that they're, that you say they're asleep is a good, it's a good metaphor because, um, 
you know, I read this really great book by um, Jennifer Harvey. She's a professor at Drake University. Um, um, she's a, a, a white woman, but a, a diversity educator. She wrote this book called Raising White Kids. It was really good. And, and talked about how um, white, white people in general have not had to talk about race. And so they don't have the language for race. We've been exempt because of our white privilege and the white supremacy our institutions are built on. And so um, I'll have um, for I have more compassion for the white students in the room that sort of just sit there silently in a conversation about race and racism at a program I'm leading um, after reading that book, because we haven't equipped them um, to to be awake and to to care about these issues because they're it's just it's not they haven't swum in the water at all Mm -hmm. and 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 so i think um i think we need to lead them to um conversations with people who have who have vastly different life experiences than they do and um we have to invite them to care and and um introduce them to real people whose lives um are are far worse because they don't care mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and and um yeah just um wake them up yeah, <laughs> you <right>. know right <laughs> without trying to grab them and um shake them yeah yeah you know one of the things uh uh, I always make the joke, think of the damage we could do with a good conversation. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, uh, and so leadership and communication is like my current fascination. Mm-hmm. And so um, the opportunities to bring people to some sort of middle ground mm-hmm. where it's, um, we don't necessarily ignore our lived experiences, uh-huh. um, but they don't drive how we steer a conversation. Right. It's just, we kind of open the door for us to learn new things right. together. Um, yeah. And it's that human connection too. Um, there was, I was reading um, something recently about um, my, my church, the Presbyterian church USA um, um, years back. We've now, um, um, we now ordain LGBTQ people as elders and pastors in the church. And we also, have um, affirmed um, um, same-sex marriage, but um, but it's been a long uh, fight, and there's been years of debate. and And I just I just heard this um, um, anecdote about a meeting, like a big church meeting, like a general assembly meeting, where the moderator they were debating, and those who opposed LGBTQ people, like getting certain rights in the church, the moderator asked, well, first he asked for those um, to raise their hand for those who were advocating for them if they knew anyone who was LGBTQ plus. And um, a lot of hands went up for those who were advocating for. And then, and then the moderator asked for those who were um, advocating against LBGQ2 right to have these rights in the church. If you know know someone personally in your life, would you raise your hand? And there were not many hands. And so it's that. Um, uh, and now because LGBTQ people have um, 
been bravely and courageously coming out. We have more out. More people are aware of their stories mm-hmm. and their human experience. And so, um, you know, I think they've um, rightfully um, gained rights because they've been so brave and courageous. But like, so it's that it's knowing someone, it's knowing a person who who struggles and who deserves what you have, right? And what you have to give. I mean, that's that's when when change can occur mm-hmm. is when you get together around a microphone and you have a conversation with a person mm-hmm. and and you get to know them and their life um, and their pain. That's that's when, yeah, I think that's when we can make a real difference. Yeah. Think of the damage we could do in just Whoa, a good conversation. That's right. Yeah. Damage for the good, yeah. right? Uh, what about your writing? Oh, I'd love to Can I ask you a question about that? Yeah, sure. Okay. So you, uh, I remember hearing that you went to this uh, retreat for writing. And uh-huh. I know that that's been a big part. I followed the yeah. blog. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, so, That's great. Yeah, so, I haven't posted my blog in a while. So talk to us about uh, your writing. Um, my writing means a whole lot to me because um, I, can, I think it was Flannery O'Connor said, um, I don't know what I think until I write it out. And I don't know if that's right. Um, I, I don't know if it's Flannery O'Connor or somebody else. But it's true that I don't um, – my writing helps me articulate thoughts and um that are rolling around and are are like i'll encounter something or like have an experience with something that feels meaningful it feels rich and um my writing helps capture it and um you know and i have to do a lot of speaking and so it just gives me a lot of content and thoughts to Mm -hmm. share when i'm preaching or talking but but it just, I live better when I am writing. I'm I'm just more thoughtful and I pay attention to life and people and this world we live in like so much better when I'm writing. And so that's why it's so important to me that I keep going and, um, and it, and it, 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 cause it makes, it makes everything more meaningful. So, um, and I'm working on this big project right now where I'm writing about, um, experiences I've had as a volunteer at the um at the prison near us and I'm just having amazing experiences there mm-hmm. and um the, o- the only way I can really make sense of it and capture it is to write it down and so I'm having so much fun writing about that but um yeah so and uh, it's just something like uh it's something I want to do and grow in you know we all have these dreams mm-hmm. and um yeah, so I, I really hope to I hope I'm working on a first book and I'm really hoping that'll that'll um do just to, just to, hopefully to get it done. <laughs> just to get it out. Right. You know, but that's that's the path that I want for myself more and more. Yeah. Um, is writing. But I can't just um like um I keep telling uh, my husband, I'll say to him, so like maybe you could like earn enough money so all I could do is sit home and write. And he's like, um, Terry, that probably wouldn't work very well because he knows me well enough that I need to have I um, all respect to like um, 
moms who stay at home. I, I just, I couldn't do that. I got to have more in my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and my work usually is that. So, um, so I've got to have these experiences that I write about. I'm writing about my st- our students and what I'm learning from them or books I'm reading and how I'm taking what I'm reading into the world or volunteer experiences or that do Jesus that keeps sending me to places like the prison, which scares me to death. But then, oh my gosh, it's like amazing once I get there. Uh-huh. And um, so uh, that's, yeah, so I love it. It's important to me. Yeah. I think that uh, we need to schedule another like half hour because uh, we need to get the piece about your work at the prison on here oh, too. Oh yeah. So um, if you're open to that, yeah, cool. That would be uh, awesome. Yeah. So um, so that you can get out of here. Okay. We'll wrap up. Okay. All right. I will. That sounds good. Okay. Okay. So Terry, thanks so much. Thanks so much, Jake. It's uh, been a pleasure. Yeah, I know it was a it was a quick minute, but I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, uh, listeners, thank you for listening to today's show. Remember that you can follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow the speaking and coaching business uh, part of my life by visiting my website at www.jakespeaks.org, or you can follow me on social media, Twitter and Instagram at MC Leadership Guy. Until next time, take care.